There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Meet Seamus. He and his wife are driving in their new Citroen C5 Aircross SUV to her birthday dinner, which he forgot in a restaurant that she had to book. She married a cliché. This could be a very uncomfortable drive. Except the Citroen C5 Aircross SUV comes with advanced comfort seating and progressive hydraulic cushion suspension, making it a very comfortable drive indeed. Citroen. Engineered for comfort. See citroen.ie. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dad podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. Oh my diddy. Is Black History Month for real? Because when we recorded the last podcast, it wasn't actually Black History Month. It was pretend Black History Month that we were speaking into the future and it hadn't happened yet. And it may not have happened because the world could have ended, but it hasn't ended. And we're here today, seven days into Black History Month, recording for the 10th day of Black History Month. And we have had a good 10 days. That I, I, you know what's really fun? I don't actually know what happens in the EFA and the wider world. I just have lots of fun. <laughs> It's just about me. I don't know what goes on. I've seen someone uh, release some statues of some fruit uh, in Hackney, which I think really commemorates the journey of my grandmother as she got on the ship for 21 days and sailed to her new destiny. And now it's been marked by fruit statues. Marvin and Marlon join us today. Hi, Marlon and Marvin. How do you feel about the fruit statues? I mean, this is this is the first I've heard of it. Like, what, why, what, why did you true? give us the Drake push it to <laughs> I mean, it's 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 symbolic, isn't it? Like, <laughs> don't don't get my expressions in this. Listen, you sound like yeah when a husband washes up for the first time and then like comes and sits down and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and your wife is like, well, he made most of that mess. <laughs> Do you, are you not feeling the statues of the lychees? Uh, I am. I am. And I'm sure there was a lot of work that had gone into it. And, you know, the, the, it, it means it means great things. But I, I, I wouldn't mean I would like the statue of some people. You know mm. what I mean? Great people. Like a collection of them. Maybe coming off the ship or something. You know, like like a focal point maybe do what Wells done you know how Wells have uh, made sure that black history is a part of their curriculum mm. now that that, would have been that a is a is, is um, a commemoration that would have been that would have been dope so Bojo 
make it happen, my brother. Do you know? Do you know what it is? Yeah, there's two things that spring to mind when I think about this. Like, I think first and foremost, yeah, it just proves that white people like exotic fruit more than they like exotic. Fruit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet someone somewhere is like, "Oh my god, a jackfruit!" Yeah. <laughs> I love jackfruit. I love like, that. I really use it as a substitute for meat because meat is evil. <laughs> and when I went to the Caribbean, it was really nice. <laughs> this guy called Delroy came on the beach naked and handed it to me. Just on the street. It's just on the street, on the trees. It's so nice. Um, that's a, really symbolic of the Car- Caribbean. <laughs> and that was magic. It's obviously a black a black person did this, so we have to honour the fact that that was her perspective. Yeah. But well, there's this real passion for art about our pain that just it's just too much. Like they yeah. love putting us in a picture in a, in a really tall gallery that we can't afford to lease <laughs> and then being like, walk <laughs> us around and charge us for our own art expression. That's exactly. way more than I can ever, ever afford. So I can't even own the art that our own people create because they've created this like perception. And if they put it in some sort of particular gallery, like a silver piece or something, I just can't afford it immediately. It's like, so, so it's one of those things where it's a complete challenge because I, when I went to South Africa, I bought some pieces of art and I love those pieces so much. Like I literally, they're in my top five things that I love the most. It's like, it's myself, my children, my mother, um, the mother of my children and my art. It's like, and they're just so beautiful, but I realize how much art is not even accessible for people. And then like literally whiteness upholds it in such a way that it's almost like a proximity to whiteness when you make yeah. it at that level. And it can be quite problematic because the expression gets lost because it can't be accessible. What did you think of the Jay-Z and Beyonce, like having the Basquiat and then like only releasing it with a campaign that made them $30 million? Did you see that? No, what was it? So Jay-Z and Beyonce did a partnership with Tiffany's. They've got their oh, own signature got jewelry the, line. The jewelry with the... Um, yeah, the yellow canary diamond thing it's beautiful um, even though correct canary diamonds are actually not that uh, quality they're actually yeah they're, diamonds, but yeah, yeah, yeah. same, same um, as black diamonds yeah 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> and so um, they released their campaign and in the campaign they had a picture of a basket that's never been seen before and when I mean this basket is the most beautiful I think it might have been a commissioned piece for Tiffany's because somehow the Tiffany blue was in the artwork okay. Yeah. So I feel like they commissioned him to do it and somehow either Tiffany's or Jay-Z and Beyonce own this and they've put it in there. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever oh. seen. It was more beautiful than Beyonce and I love Beyonce. And I was like, I tried to Google it and try and get, I've got all the basket prints. I was trying to find the prints and I couldn't find them like anywhere. So I was like, what's going on? And then I go online and it's trending. It's like this never seen before art is now been owned and co-opted by rich people. And I was like, yeah, but Jay-Z and Beyonce own it. So, you know, they are rich, but like, it's all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so what I want to talk to you about today is black love. It continues our series throughout October. So we've done black excellence already. We have black health already recorded and, and it will be out soon. But black love to me is obviously a really important topic. I kind of want to look at it from multiple angles, like self-love of black love, the love of, you know, romantically when you're trying to do the things and the things, but also the love, which is like, our likeness because I think those those three things are all slightly different but they all need each other to kind of coexist do you have any immediate thoughts on on black love Marlon and Marvin I think black love is like one of the most powerful expressions that we can we can um you know make as as black people because it it lets everyone know that you know obviously we're here we're here to stay but it also uh, how can I say it's almost it's like that's the black legacy you know, because if, if black love, for example, you look at that as a black family, having black children with black grandchildren, that's the most powerful thing you can do in the face of racism. Because the last thing they want is for us to coexist with them, especially in the long term. 
So I think there's something there about black love, about being a, a kind of a symbolic gesture that shows that, you know, black people, we're here to stay. We, we love ourselves. We love one another and we ain't, we're not going nowhere. Whereas I think when you create that division, I know a lot of people talk about like the Willie Lynch speech and, um, and you know, segregation and, um, you know, United We Stand Divided We Fall. When you're able to separate us and there's no black love, then I think that's our demise and that's our downfall. So, yeah, I think black love's amazing. So I, I think being in it is more beautiful. So having black love in your family, your mum, your dad, your parents, that family and your extended family, then having a relationship, black love with your children and your partner, and sharing that, that, that culture, growing together, synergizing, you know, you're automatically synergized, aren't you? Um, you know, the, the culture is quite similar. The food is similar. The expectations are similar. Um, and growing through that is, is, is beautiful and it's indescribable, literally indescribable. So I, I have a, a view that I've been working on for like a year and I've tried the language in different ways and I don't know if it ever lands. It's this idea, and, and because I'm, I'm a creative visual, visualizing person, the only way I can do it is visual is probably part of the problem. But this idea that love is like a cloud and the things that come out of the cloud are connected to the types of love that you may experience. Now, there's a, there is a Greek version. I think there's seven types of love in Greek version. But this is like, it all comes from one place. And if the cloud... I don't think it's definitely a cloud, but if the, if the center mass is healthy, everything that comes out of it is healthy. And so the cloud being you, by the way. And so when you're mentally and emotionally and spiritually well, the way you love your family, which is a different type of love to romantic love, which is your, maybe your romantic partner or many partners, if you're Marlon and Marvin. No, 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 just cancel that straight away. No. You've got to start rumors, bro. I need the mums at home to be listening to crossing their legs right now. And, no. and so, 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 oh my gosh. Ah, oh, this has gone wrong. And then so, um, yeah, so there's the family love that you have, like the family you come from. There's the love that you have for your romantic partner. There's a the love that you have for your children. There's love you may have for your friends. And there's a form of love that you may have for like, your passion, your purpose, sometimes innate objects and experiences. And they're all different. Like you don't interact with your mum like you do your partner, like you do your children, like you do your friends. There is like social frameworks that divide the love, but they all come from one place. It's all accessing one thing. And if you're, you know, if your personal computer is, un is unhealthy, all of those areas will be tainted in your expression of love because it won't come out in a loving way. People won't experience it as love. They'll experience it as like fear or hate. And so I think what I'm saying is, is that when, when I think about black love is that it's, it starts internal. And then in the development of it being internal, you then land at this place where you can share your self-love with others. And then how they experience your self-love is, you know, romantically as a father. But I, I, I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, I think I definitely agree with like, you need to be healthy and in a, in a kind of stable place of being able to love yourself, to be able to share that love with others. But I do think there is something with, with us as black people about being in black love where it's given to you 
that energizes you and charges you that even if you are kind of down in the dumps and you're not you're not at your best that's what that's it's like superman and the sun it's like that recharges you so you know when you were younger you didn't want to go to that christening or you didn't want to go to that barbecue or that party because you wanted to be out with your friends doing ratchet things or whatever <laughs> but then you, you go there and you're around family and you just feel loved you don't need to explain yourself mm. you know no one's judging you there, there's a plate of food for you someone wants to hug you someone wants to pinch your cheeks or say that you've grown or whatever it might be and that love just charges you up and you never knew that you needed it, but now that you've had, you had it, you realize it was what you were missing. So I think there, there is something there about, even if you haven't yet got the love for yourself, being around people that love you can then inspire you to love yourself. Do you know what? Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I remember my, one of my very first corporate jobs in a very, very difficult environment I was the only black, young black guy in there. So everyone was, you know, looking at what you're doing assessing your work, you know, questioning you. It's a very difficult environment. And I, there was a Caribbean shop that was not far from my office. I used to go there for my lunch every day. And I get in there and there was the, the old black woman. She'd be like, morning, darling, or afternoon. <laughs> and I would be like, this is what we have today. And there would be like revival playing. And, the, and then, you know, the bus drivers would come in and be like, Mavis, <laughs> why after that? And, <laughs> and it was, it, it, it char- I, I used to go, it was my sanctuary. You know what I mean? It's to cost me an arm and a leg every day, but I had to, <laughs> I had to get out of that environment. And I felt, you know what I mean? You just, I felt loved in there. I felt, I felt warm in there. And I, I needed that, that, that black energy. You know what I mean? That type of black love. So yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. There is a cloud that we can access all different types of black love from. It all comes from the same place, be it, be it what different, but you know what I mean? And we can extend that into different subcultures. And I think that's what people are trying to tap into. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, it's not like uh, love has been such a, I, I want to say bastardized, but it's been such a, a misused word in a dangerous way. And I only really understood it through the lens of Hollywood, actually. And it was very performative. It didn't actually come with any real form of measurement. It kind of floated around a little bit like it was a feeling. But then I sometimes just feel like that feeling could be a whole bunch of stuff. You know, you're just like when you're anxious for like a job interview or something, that feeling in your stomach is quite similar to the feeling when there's a peng ting in front of you, bro. (laughs) And so, you know, how how do you know that the difference you, you logically then interpret it because there's a woman in front of you that that's what it is. And, you know, do you know the difference between feeling unsafe around a woman and like romanticizing? Like, do you like, and I, I, I assume I'm not saying do you know, I suppose you do, but how do you know is the question. Like when it's a job interview versus a woman in front of you versus like feeling a little bit unsafe, the actual feeling is very similar. We just logically interpret it in a way. And so I don't know how much of that can be used as a definitive measure. And it's really funny. So the language that I used for the mother of my children at the time was like, I respect you and I honor you. And and it stopped being this word love because it didn't land. It doesn't land. Does it land for you? If, so, if someone says, I love you, does, do you know what that means and what you mean to them? Yeah, definitely. Because love's such a powerful word for me. So if my partner says she loves me, uh, you know, so I don't hear that every day. <laughs> More times. Have you done? Enough. <laughs> yeah. We'll when are you? Yeah. <laughs> Play you back in real. Um, so, so yeah. And then hearing it from my, from my daughter, you know, gives, gives you butterflies, makes you warm from, you know, from your family. Um, but, but my, my parents, we didn't throw that 
L word around that much in my in my home. It wasn't like morning. And my dad stands at the top of the stairs. He's like, I love you all. <laughs> it was more of like you know you've been wife fronts. Yeah, <laughs> you've been mashing up at school. And my dad was like, you know, you, you know, like you know, you're getting you're getting chastised. And then he's like, you know, and I'm doing this because I love you. Okay. <laughs> what type of love is that? Yeah, I want my PlayStation back. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it it probably be different in every household, won't it? In every sort of relationship, how people ban the word love or people's connection to to the word love. Like you know, I throw it around a lot. You know, I tell my boys that I love them. I tell you know my girl I love her occasionally. I tell um, my family that I love them. My daughter gets the L word the most. You know, I, mean? mm. so I tell her I love her the most. I feel she needs that reassurance all the time. So, so what's really interesting here? Like, if I said I love you, can you take it out of the the word into like what it means? Can you ground it in something? As in, like, I know what that means, or is it just you exp- me expressing a like an overload of positivity? But like, what actually? is the thing that you internalize. I don't know. You're, you're so like, if I say I respect your hugs, you. Your, hug, your hugs mean that you love. You, you give good hugs. <laughs> I give great hugs. <laughs> I, only if I mean it. If I don't, then yeah, yeah, was, that too. I was ready to let go. You're still holding. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're small. You remind me of a thing. That's why, bro. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your dances. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, just, clear, just for the, women just are for not the record, to as I'm six for human beings. Are you? Mm, well, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> moving on. So, so like, if 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 I say the word respect, I feel like that that lands more yeah. as a what that means in terms of like you honoring me as a person and who I am. And the thing is, I can't even have the definition of respect because this is what I mean by like I'm really into the language, but I feel the word love has less grounding. But when I say something like respect or I honor you, there's an expectation that can be like met in reality. So a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something uh, elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. And that was that. Right. That's the, that's what respect. That's respect. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say with, with love, you know, the, um, the book love languages, mm. I think, I think that went a long way to describing love as well, because what, what I learned from that is there's ways you love, but there's ways you want to receive love as well. So you might be a person that likes to give gifts and that's your way of showing love that, you know, through giving gifts, but you might want quality time as, as the way you receive love. So I think for me, like you're saying with the word, I kind of, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be harsh and say I judge people by their actions, but you kind of look what backs up what they're saying. If someone says they love you and you hardly speak to them, you hardly see them, you hardly interact. It's harder to believe than like what Marlon was saying, that like your parents who were doing everything for you or your friends that you make time for and they show you love and stuff like that. So I think for me, I kind of take it back to that kind of love language definition. And I, I know there's five of them. I know there's like giving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time. And, and there's another one that escapes me at the most. Is it physical yeah. touch? Physical touch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I think when you kind of break it down in that category, it makes it a bit more palatable. Like it's a bit easier to understand. Mm. And from different people, you might receive it in different ways as well. So from one person, it might be acts of service, but from someone else, obviously like your partner, it's going to be physical touch, for example. So I think that, that helps it to land, but it's still not as strong as respect as you were saying before. Yeah. Well, and what are your love languages? I suppose that that is the tangible element of love that I was probably referring to. Because I think when you say respect and honour, that can mean a lot of things, but you might miss a component 
like an excitement, a form of intimacy. So like, um, there's like love languages, there's different types of intimacy. So there's like experiential intimacy, there is spiritual, I can't remember them all, I'll try and get them up. But there's like different types of intimacy, different types of love languages. And then there are words that may be used to describe the key components that connect to the idea of love. Do you know your love languages? Have you ever looked into it? So, you, you know, um, I only learned what a love language was in like my mid thirties. Uh, I was, um, having problems in my relationship, not problems, but you know, you're, you're at loggerheads, aren't you? And, um, I met a lady, she's from Australia, um, one of my managers and she was like, you know, have you explored what your love language is? How you like to be loved? It's like, what, what is this man? Tell her, I tell her I love her all the time, yo. <laughs> and she was like, you know, well, and, and she started exploring it for me. You know what I mean? So I like consideration. So I like gifts and acts of kindness. Show me that you love you. And, and my partner likes affection and smaller gifts. So gifts for her aren't, you know, I mean, I could get her everything until she's blue in the face, but it, without that affection and, you know, you know, like freezing the day, stop. I love you. I love you today. <laughs> I love you every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Almost like holding time and you know what I mean? So yeah, my, my, my love language is definitely acts of kindness, which means a lot. So the same, I don't need a new car or anything. You put, you know, you know, I like dairy milks and then you give me a dairy milk. I feel like, God damn, I feel loved. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just going out of your way, those little things, you know, putting the washing on, hanging it up. Mm. I, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. So, yeah. What about you, Marvin? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Marlon Marlon stole it. I think definitely being thought of, I think is, um, I think as men sometimes, you put yourself last. So you will do everything for everyone and you won't necessarily think of your own needs. So nowadays we know when you get to Christmas and someone's bought you socks, that's like, oh my gosh, you know, I needed some socks. I hadn't bought any <laughs> socks, but you got me socks. That's life changing. And I think, yeah, so for me, it's pretty much the same. It is about, you know, acts of kindness or, you know, um, give, like gifts and stuff like that as well. And I think, but my, my, me, me giving love is, is gifts as well. So one of it's funny because there's, there's quizzes you can do online. And my son, like his chest is so high. He, he wants everything. So I was adamant that his love language was receiving gifts, but he, he came out and said his was quality time. And so what that got me thinking was because he had an abundance of gifts, because that's what he gets, it kind of allowed him then to be satiated in that area. And then want to explore another area of, of love, if that makes sense. So it's almost like because he had received the gifts that he wanted up to a point, now it was more about quality time. But had I not learned that, I might still thought it was about gifts. And it doesn't need to be an extravagant gift. It can be something small, but I just thought at the point that was his love language. But I suppose as he's aged, it's probably changed where, you know, he's, he's 11 now. He's at that point where he wants more quality time. But no doubt when he gets to 16, it's going to go back to gifts again. And then, and then he's going to, he's going to run my pocket dry. So I think, yeah, maybe there's something there about how you grow and mature in love. And, you know, at different points, maybe it's not so binary and you, you want different things depending on where you're at. And um, just one other thing as well that I, I spoke to a colleague about when I used to work in, in Lambeth. It was funny, Mother, when you're talking about going to the Black Caribbean shop, I worked in Brixton for like 10 years and I just felt like I was in Jamaica. Like every day was amazing. Like, I just felt black love all the time from the yeah. station to my workplace. It was dope. But a, a conversation I had with my colleague that was discussing, discussing um, so he was studying therapy at the time. And so we were having a conversation about love. And similar to what we we're saying here, I wasn't sure what love was. And he got me to describe how I felt with my son. He was like, do you feel safe? Do you feel loved? Do you feel trusted? Do you feel... And I was like, yeah, like there's no judgment with my son. I can be myself. And then he was like, that's love. 
like the way you feel with those that you just feel completely safe around that's that's like your anchor in love and then when you're looking for love elsewhere you want it to reference that or you want it to mirror that in some way it might not be perfect but you know you can be around your kids you could have nothing you could lose everything your child's still gonna love you and that's that pure kind of you know unconditional love and yeah i think that's what we want to strive for we want to find that same love in in other areas of our life as well like as i'm listening to you i'm really thinking about what that that pure element is and, and what we're seeking and I think often seeking externally is where the confusion comes like obviously I, I'm always in therapy at some point in life but like I haven't been in the last couple of weeks but what, what's really good is I like going out into the world trying things and then going back to them with like what I've discovered and then just the more I connect with myself the less I want or need anything externally. And I don't think it's a complete answer. Like, I don't think I would never need to be around anybody else. But I do feel like almost there used to be like a, a hand constantly trying to reach out, coming from in me outward to try and like draw people in to like have that feeling that you just described. And I think more recently, like, it's just not there. Like, I don't, I don't feel it. Like, and I feel like, you know, sometimes you can just see yourself like scrolling, looking for, that feeling like a, a form of affirmation from somewhere or, or a, a gratitude from someone. So you start messaging people that you think either owe you gratitude or could supply you gratitude. And then you may not get it. And then you start having negative feelings about that person. He's like, I came to you. You didn't, you didn't say to them, I needed this. You just said, so what's going on, man? What's up? You're right. Here. How's everything going since the thing that I did for you? <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, all good, man. Thanks. And then before you know it, it's like, Oh, you don't because <laughs> you, and what really you needed is, is to say to somebody, I, I just needed to feel appreciated. And then they can honor you from their, with their own language. Like, it's funny. Cause even my therapist is like, have you ever asked your mum for something? Like the thing that you, you'd go to her for, do you tell her that's what you want? And I sat there like, no, <laughs> no. I just go to my mum and be like, mum, what's happening? How are you? And then she might go off on this next tangent. And I'm like, mum, you didn't, you didn't listen to me. You didn't care about the thing that I came to you for. She had no idea. And I think you have to enroll people into that experience of what you love. So it's great to identify it. And it's great to have a marker for it. But I think you have to not only tell people you love them, but you got to tell them what love means to you. That's why when I ask, like, do you do you know what love means? Because like my my love for you two, even like for, for when we do this, is that I might I just say it when I see you, but in between that, you may not hear shit. <laughs> you may not, <laughs> but like in my head, I'm like, nah, these guys must know, and you may not have any idea, and to the to the scale of it, and so you know how I can express it is within my capacity, within where I'm at at this time, and like, but also my own love languages and those three things may not land with you. And so after like six months, you'd be like, I ain't doing this podcast. What am I answering? I'm not answering these calls anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm heartbroken now because I'm like, these are people that I rate. Like, what, what's happening? Mm. And then we're not speaking at the same language. So I think maybe there is something. Maybe we should make this love language form like a universal thing to everyone in our lives. You got to fill this in. You know? <laughs> If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Inspectors are calling to unlicensed homes and businesses. If you don't, that can mean prosecution and a fine of up to €1,000. Get yours at tvlicense.ie or any post office. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. You know what? I've got a really good story for you. So 
I was driving, it was my day off one day, and I was driving to Sainsbury's probably to get biscuits or something. And I saw my friend, and I saw him walking on road with a petrol can. He's not a walk on road with a petrol can kind of guy. This was a few years ago. So I thought, driving, and he head was sweating. I was like, it's a bit strange, but I thought, let me drive. And then Sutton was like, nah, go back. So I turned back around. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, oh, my car broke down, going petrol station. So I called, drove into the petrol station, filled up the can. Pulled it in the car. Car still didn't start. It was definitely running on fumes. I was like, cool. Went back again. We did this twice. Anyway, he was like, cool. Love for that. Um, we didn't really exchange that much, but grateful. And then I saw him again in a, in a club about probably about a month later. And I was like, I wanted to, to love back. Like, yeah. remember when I <laughs> saved you? And he was just like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, but no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm like, oh, okay, off to the bar I go. <laughs> and then about three years later, we were in a group chat together and then he, uh, we were just talking about gratitude and stuff. And he was like, you know what? He was like, thank you so much for that. Like, you know, you absolutely saved my life that day. I was having a horrendous day and time with the mother of my children and, you know, life was, you know, and you came through and, you know, no one has shown me love like that. So it's all, it's, it's exactly like you say, it's always there. It's just all sometimes untapped. Mm. You know what I mean? So like love is, is there and the gratitude is there and, but it's just always untapped. But for me, I want to see my love matched. It's, it's, that's really important for me that, you know, if I'm giving you, you know, like, um, the care bears, you know, when they open up yeah, their chest yeah, yeah. and they're giving you mad hearts. Yeah. I'm giving you mad hearts. Like I want that reciprocated. I wanted it. I want that back. I want that same that love look? back. So, so this is interesting. Yes, obviously being being married or being someone someone for eleven years, and like we, we we just got to a point where like love was was clearly there, but like what did that actually look like? And also time changes it, so you know loads of things happen. But what what does that actually even look like? Because and this is where I get slightly disconnected from like you know you see quotes on Instagram or you see motivational speakers talking or love coaches talking. You're like. That sounds really ideal, but what's the practicalities of all of this though? Because I'm not sure if you can rely or expect any person to provide that for you. It's almost like whenever you get it, just be really, really grateful. And and in essence, you want it more than you don't get it. And you want more joyous times than negative times. But the, the, the landing of it, and also does the landing of it erode as time goes? So the thing that they did two years ago and they do it again, which moved you, now doesn't move you because, yeah, you already surprised me with a trip to Paris. Now I know it's coming because it's every year. She hasn't done anything new. All she does is take me to Paris once a year. Like, is that is that what ends up happening in this journey? Like, how, how do you maintain that and evolve it over time, Marlon? You know, you know have you seen Loki? I've seen a bit of it. Okay, so in, in Loki, there's like different variants of time. So like if you could do something in this variant and then it creates an alternative world elsewhere. So love is very similar to that because as where one variant erodes, you know, you create another timeline and it's and at that critical point, it's like falling in love again. So that love language that happened when me and um, my partner got together 11 years ago, is very different to the love language we have now. You know what I mean? So going for dinner was, was, was the thing. And she really appreciated that and spending time together her because I'm very busy then giving her my time was important. Whereas now it's more thinking about getting a home, having a family, 
uh, th- those holidays are important. Um, that one-on-one time, having sit downs and, and discussion and, and that love, it's, it's like what Marvin said, that love matures and being yeah. able to, to, to move with that. And I had very, a very good example from my parents. So, you know, I saw what they've been together for like 50 years or something, just learning and understanding what happens in that. Like, you know, it, it's really important that the financial aspect is run like a business. It's not that, that love doesn't enter that part of it. It's a, it's a business, it's a business transaction. You mm. know what I mean? So mortgage, um, you know, your poll tax, all them things is, you're like, right, I'm going to put in 60%, you're going to put in 40%. And that's the business transaction. You know what I mean? Love and emotion doesn't enter that part of, of the relationship. You know what I mean? And then, you know, my mum likes flowers. So my dad showers her with flowers, always sending flowers and flowers. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it's just, it's just really, taking time to understand you know what i mean when that when that road is is finished and communicating that so what my partner's good at is she is a phenomenal communicator i'm a horrendous communicator i'll <laughs> sit on my issues you know what i mean like mo- yeah. most men i i don't really just to save the beef and having an argument i'll just rather just be like oh, just like you know what i mean but she will communicate this is my issue and and will want resolve she will not stop until we get resolve you know what i mean mm. so that that creates the yin to my yang because I'm the logical thinker. I can, I can plan ahead and horizon scan and know what's coming up. I'm good with, with money. So it's just, it's, it's, it's working out that balance, really working out that balance. But it's, it's as that variant, we'll call it that, that love road, as that starts to erode, it's about creating another one. And you do fall in love like countless times, like, you know, and it's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. It's like, you know, it sort of gets to a point. I'm like, girl's annoying. And then <laughs> something will happen. And I'm like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? We'll go in it. We'll go on a date and we'll, we'll absolutely vibe. You know what I mean? Just something out of the ordinary. We'll go for drinks in another part of London and it's, you know, it's fireworks again. You know what I mean? And you remember, you know what I mean? Or you'll connect on a subject. So I love fashion. She loves fashion. We'll connect on that and. We're looking at like what Balenciaga put out and, you know, the styles and the colors and we'll talk about holidays. And then you remember again and it all comes back and then you fall in love again. And then that's another new road. You know what I mean? That, that constantly happens. And it's a, it's a work in progress. You know what I mean? And I think social media has eroded that, that love road. It's, it's giving you a perception of what love, what, what you think love should be. And it's, you know, it's, it's designers, it's glitz, it's glamour, it's hacker sign, it's all these, you know, what I mean, this is how you love someone. I um, took you to Shard, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Naked. I would have been just as happy in the Caribbean takeaway. <laughs> Seven pound fifty and attitude. You know, we could have bought ten of those and just throw them in the way like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then so in terms of so we we're talking about love as this kind of steady always on approach and it, and it may happen but is is it still possible to love but not have the like the romantic side i think like the reason why i say that yeah is because when i was doing research on this topic i found this like this six type type of intimacy and it really blew my mind because it it changed the way i looked at the relationship or the experience of love and so there's physical intimacy which is obviously touch emotional intimacy intellectual intimacy and then creative in- intimacy so like when we're building something together the experience of creating a company or a thing. There's an intimate part of it, uh, the experiential uh, intimacy and then the spiritual intimacy. And now in a relationship context, some of those things are exclusive. So touch 
if you're in a monogamous relationship, is exclusive. But I can get emotional intimacy from multiple places. I can get intellectual intimacy from the man's dems. I can get like creative intimacy, like my business partner and I, we spend so much time curating our company. This is such an intimate experience. We have that. And like the experiential intimacy, just going and doing stuff. You know, there's female friends that like, there's one of my female friends, we just go out and we only put language to it like a month ago. It's like, it feels like dates, but we don't just go home. <laughs> it's like, we meet up, we dress well, we smell good, we hang out, we get drunk, have a laugh, go home. And that's like a really beautiful experience. And it's something that now I intentionally like protect. So on the particular time of the week, it's like, this is our time. What are we doing? And I, and I actually, it then replaces, it feels a lot of the void of other things that you may need. And then the same thing for spiritual intimacy, like my connection or relationship to nature at this point is like growing more and more every day. But that spiritual connection and that intimacy, when you start reaching higher frequencies and discovering more about yourself and the world and nature, that can all come from different people. But when you, when you complete in all those intimacies, you feel fulfilled from all the external influences that you need. But when you say it in the sense of love, you can keep chasing. But when you break it down into something that's like, I know, I now know what I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to feel my spiritual intimacy. Who's going to help me grow as a man? That could be your wife. Like the developments of me as a person in my marriage was out of this world. Like the most of my growth came in that time. And in many ways that makes sure that there is always going to be a certain level of respect, love, um, and honoring because of that experience that we went through. It doesn't matter what happens after that point now. And I think like when, when you have those experiences and when you like bucket who those people are, you can really focus on the intentional energy. So that person that I said, we just go and get drunk on once a week with, like now that I ring fence it, I can tick that whole box off. Like it makes me look forward to that day. You know, I start thinking of stuff. I start getting creative. Like, oh, we want to try this. Because I know that person is literally like, if I say right now, we're going to Newcastle. So we're like, cool, let's go. That is like so rare. But then because we don't make it sexual and well, she has a, in, in a relationship, it's just vibes. It doesn't get confusing. It just is pure. And I think in often when I think, I just think it's just like, actually, maybe that's the answer is to create, like write out all the spaces of intimacy that you need who can fulfill them and get that contract signed off by your intimate partner and be like, this is where I'm going to go. Because I, I suppose most people will be like, I want to be all of them, but it mm. can't be. And it's very unlikely to be. And I think it may be worth, I'm going to post this. I'm going to create a post on, on Facebook and ask people like, cause if you fill it in and you'll see where the gaps are, you know exactly what you're looking for. And it may not be an affair. It may not be, I need to have, you know, two sexual partners. It could be just that actually I need someone who I can collapse into spiritually, but I also need someone I can be physical with. Then I need someone who I can go and do amazing things with. And that's enough. And I'm done. I think that's, that's the blurred line sometimes, especially like with males, because you will have like, you know, you see some guys who have a fantastic partner and then go and end up cheating. And what they need is like, you know, intellectual stimulation, but then they end up being intimate in that in that relationship i've got one of my best friends um is a girl and we went through we started in college best friends in college and uh we went through hardship we both went through breakups around the same times our daughters are similar ages and we supported each other best friends grew up grew up grew up and now she's got and um, uh, most of her boyfriends along the way never really got it 
because we used to have a Saturday club. So every Saturday we'd meet up with our, with our daughters and, you know, we cook, um, you know, we eat together. We, you know, map out life, you know, really always working on ourselves together and supporting each other. And, um, she's one of the first people outside of my family that a hundred percent rated me was like, you know, you're sick and you know, you've got life. You know what I mean? You can go and smash it, like really go for it. Um, now she's got a boyfriend and I love him too. And he's mm. synergized right into, into our, you know, our friendship, which is, I think it was quite, it's quite a difficult friendship to penetrate. You know, someone's been friends with someone for 20 years and then you sort of step into the scene. You know what I mean? It's difficult, but he's, he gets it as well and understands it. And, you know, now we're, we're a trio and like, I want to be his friend, best friend too. That obviously my best friend not having that, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it's, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing and I think being raised with mostly women so you know two sisters and my mum helped me to understand having platonic friendships you know what I mean never so obviously my sister always had girls around the house so you learn to not overstep that mark I think that's really really important and some of my friends that haven't are unable to do that you know if I turn up with one of my friends they're like yo you that <laughs> no, no, what's she saying though? No, what's she actually saying? You know what I mean? I've got nothing to offer, but what's she saying? <laughs> For real. For real. Uh, any closing thoughts, Marvin? I, I mean, I was just going to say, literally linking back to the start of the conversation, I think that's what we had when you talk about the wind rush. You talk about our grandparents coming over. I think we had that sense of community mm. where we, we had the love. And, and I feel like if anything's been eroded, that has had a knock-on effect in terms of eroding black love is that sense of community. We, we're losing the areas like Brixton or Harlesden or Hackney where you can go and just feel like you're surrounded by people like you that just get you and you don't need to explain. So I think a lot of what, a lot of what we're describing now is like we're not even reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to untap what we've always had, what we would have had in Africa, what we would have had in the Caribbean, what we had initially over here, but we feel like we're losing. And, you know, we don't want to become so assimilated that we don't even recognise ourselves in the mirror. We still want to maintain a lot of that kind of like that black identity that we have. Mm. So I think, yeah, it's about reconnecting to that um, and al- allowing that to be your expression of black love by reconnecting with your people, um, charging up one another, ticking those boxes of the different types of intimacy and then, yeah, being able to be your best self from that. Yeah, that's really powerful. To be honest, I, no, I, this subject, it's a, it's a it's an ongoing thing and I think you could we could probably do a whole month on talking about all of these elements in depth. Um, and, but in many ways, I think for me, my relationship to love is one that's always been, which well, started a very mystical and very unknown and very conceptual, very Hollywood. Um, and then like kind of evolved into this, like much just centering on myself, but also like, I think that intimacy, even as I was saying it out loud, it was like landing to me a little bit that if I actually wrote it out, which is slightly narcissistic to be like, my friend does this <laughs> and this is what they do. <laughs> but like, just knowing roughly where that where the, those things lie, even for yourself, means that you know where to go for the thing. Uh, there's a friend that I, or another friend that I have. I've known her since I was 21, and we just used to hang out every day and like drink cocktails in central London and just live dreams and whatever. We're figuring it out. We we're both in similar industries, and we caught up for the first time in like a year and a bit. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this accent. I forgot about this. And like, if you intentionally just reminded yourself and had that, it just like, when you get lost in the weeds, you can just be like, this is where I need to go. And I think that's a really important thing is being really clear. So I think more men journaling and writing down their thoughts will allow them to revisit things that like they discover 
and keep the 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 like the learning inside themselves rather than having to like rediscover it in the outer world or seeking it in the outer world. Anyway, thank you so much, man. As I said, I gotta go, but like that was a really really important conversation. Thank you so much. Can it, where can people find you? Are you do you want to be found? The gal want to know. No, the man's dems want to know as well. Incognito. Incognito. <laughs> find me on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> no <one laughs> you know when you're living like a double life and you've got a wife in Newcastle that you just don't want people to know where that <laughs> is your name really. Why Newcastle? <laughs> Why Newcastle of all places? Yeah, I know because I know what happens up there, bro. You get a train up there and you end up playing for the whole weekend. Get confused. It's a great night, mate. It's a great night out. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. And so thank you guys for listening. I really much appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, you can find us at, at Dope Black Dads on all social media platforms. You can also email me for a chat at hello at dopeblackdads.com. Thank you so much for listening, my brothers. I appreciate you all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Ireland is leaving diesel behind. And Toyota is leading the way. Start your electric journey at Carl and Kinsler BlackRock with Ireland's best-selling car brand. Get your diesel trade-in booster or choose a contribution, both up to €2,500, and you'll see why self-charging hybrid is the right choice for today. Supply is limited, so visit Carl and Kinsler BlackRock today. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. Built for a better world. Terms and conditions apply. Startup Nation, celebrating innovation and entrepreneurship while delving into the future of business and technology with Ireland's leading entrepreneurs. Join me, Connor Carmody, as I talk to ambitious founders. We'll discuss the challenging journey of scaling a business. We'll hear from cutting-edge startups about their concepts and chat with expert guests while exploring the emerging technologies. Startup Nation, brought to you by Dublin Vic. Find it first on the GoLoud app and on all major podcast platforms. Go